In your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 for our ninth installment in the series of the things to come. I encourage you to join us uh, tonight, five o'clock for corporate prayer. Um, If this is your church, these are your prayer meetings. And what I've asked of the people that call this place home to come one Sunday night a month, one Sunday night a month that you make it from five to six where we pray for our local body. And for those of you that are newer to our church, let me tell you about Meet the Staff Luncheon. It really is just um, a time where, first of all, we provide a free lunch. How about free? Is that pretty good? Free lunch. Don't cost you nothing. And even if it's bad, it didn't cost you nothing. So you're good. It gives you a chance for us to get to know you. It's not just, hey, there's the guy on the stage, Ben, and you know, there's Pastor John or Kelly. But we get to sit at a table together. And just it really is a gift. We are trying to let you know that we know you're there and you're significant to us. And we just want to have more of a connection than this chasm. That's the one thing my buddy Henry and I talk about all the time about this church. It feels like I'm a hundred miles from y'all. And we want to be at a table like, hey, high five. How are you? These are your kids. Those are cute. And we'll tell you the truth. If they're not cute, we'll tell you they're not cute. But you know, Christians lie all the time. Oh, what a pretty baby. Or, now I know mine's, do you see this beautiful girl sleeping in Yaya's lap? prettiest thing ever drew breath in the world. Y'all stand with me. Ephesians chapter six. We'll read our text. Much taught on, but never more applicable than in the days we're in today. Ephesians six, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to be able to stand against the wiles, the tactics, the schemes, the trickery of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not our problem. The president is not our problem. The government is not our problem. We do not wrestle against them. We wrestle against principalities behind them, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So you take unto yourself the whole armor of God. Why? that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all, stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, say above all, taking the shield of faith, whereby you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, and therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You may be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. We are in pivotal times, critical times, uh, dispensational times, times that have never before been seen and will not be seen again. Your pastor firmly believes that we're not only in the last days, but the last hours before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church. There is much going on on the internet about constitutionalists and preppers. Have y'all heard the word preppers? And oh, buddy, uh, don't even get me started on on, on that part. But I will tell you this. It's funny to me that the loudest voices for preppers are the ones making money on it. Now, while I got you scared, you can order this from me for the low, low price of $760. How can we bring you such a high quality product at such a low discount price? Volume, volume. We deal in volume. Just purchase now based on your fear. I have people write me. They call me. They say, Pastor John, are are you prepping for things that might come? And I'll be glad to tell you. My wife and I, in case of power disruption or civil unrest, we we put aside about a month's worth of food and water. Prepping, not really. I'm just preparing in the sense for what might come. But the preservation of my life physically is not the most important preparation. It's the preparation spiritually. Take no thought. Don't worry about 
Don't worry about how you're going to clothe yourself and how you're going to eat. The Lord has already proven if I need to, I can rain bread from heaven on your head. God can take care of us. But I want to talk to you this morning what you're going to need. Not food and guns and clothes and water and filters and all of that, which we may need. I'm going to tell you the things you are going to need. The spiritual things. Number one, if you're taking notes, you're going to need to be ready. Ready. In God. Be strong in the Lord. That means the right foundation. Deep roots. Absolute consecration. Godly wisdom. Unconditional commitment. And a humble spirit. Being strong is one thing. Being strong in the Lord is another thing. Being ready to take whatever comes your way because your foundation will hold up your house. The Bible speaks of great storms beating upon believers' houses. And great was the fall of the ones that did not have a secure foundation, which is the obedience to the word of the Lord. Deep roots. You're going to need to be ready in God, ready to be a soldier. How many military personnel here? Is it safe to say that we who have never been in the military have no idea? Is it safe to say, see, I've got a couple. This is Amen Corner. Is it safe to say that boot camp would utterly ruin some of the people in this room's day? Is it safe to say that they're going to mock you, intimidate you, change you, discipline you, shave you, reprioritize you, bring you down and to develop a tenacity in you because they know that if you are not prepared to be a soldier, you will die acting like one. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You're a soldier. You're just either a prepared one or an unprepared one. You're either knowledgeable about what's going on, knowledgeable about your enemy, knowledgeable about your equipment, or you're dressed the part. I believe if the Lord is to tarry, we are going to see Christians by name fall away as if the enemy has just sprayed them with a uh, military gun just over and over and over because they got the clothes on. They just aren't ready, ready to fight for what they believe in, ready to fight for their identity in Christ, ready to fight for his name. We're either good soldiers or bad ones. We're either volunteers or draftees. I, I don't have much faith in draftees. I mean, not as much as the guy that says, put me in. Like if you've got a football team and one quarterback goes, uh-uh. And the other one says, put me in. I'm more inclined to go to the one that, and I know, don't, don't get me wrong, I know many of us were drafted, but what I mean is that spirit of, there are many men that were drafted that were indeed great and wonderful soldiers because once they were drafted, their chips went in. We're either weak or strong soldiers, courageous or cowardly soldiers, active or AWOL soldiers, faithful or traitors. Social media and the internet has given us the opportunity now to watch videos from all over the world. And have you seen the number of people impersonating military people to try to get benefit? And then some guy calls them out. Have you seen, don't you love those? This guy will have all his uniform on. He picked up at Goodwill and he's put a couple patches. And one guy that lost three of his friends in Iraq sees that the stripes are out of line or the button is out of line. He goes, hey, hey, come here. He's seeing in this moment, someone acting like something that killed three of his friends. And I love it when they whip them all up the street. <laughs> I'm asking you this morning, like me or don't like me, are you a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you fade away when it costs you something to name his name? Do you hide out? Do you take your colors off, your stripes off? Do you hide your flag? Are you embarrassed? Don't own a gun, but call ourselves a soldier. What impact are we making in this war for, the, for righteousness? We're not called to win the war. He's going to win the war. But we're called to be soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark me among them. I pray that hell knows my name. 
I love when that demon said, Paul, we know, and Jesus, we know, but who are you? They said, Paul, we know. Paul is bad. You don't jump on Paul without getting something. There are mothers in this church, stay-at-home moms, you have no idea that hell is scared of. Hell is scared of them because when the kids go to school and the husband goes to work and they shut the door and they go to that little place in the corner and say, Father, for my children, in the name of Jesus, and there's glory there, there's soldiers. We would rather be worshipers because worshiping don't cost us nothing. Oh, I hit something then, don't it? Don't cost me anything to spin around in church. God wants me to be expressive. God wants me to sing on him joyfully and praise him. But fighting is a whole different thing. Are you a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you say no, I'm going to correct you. You are. You're just not a good one. You are called to be an ambassador. You are called to be light and salt. But we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Ready to be all in. Put on the whole armor of God. Ready to be tested. That you may be able to stand against the trickery of the devil. You're going to be, if the Lord tarries, you need to understand you individually, as a husband and a wife and as a teenager, a senior citizen, you are going to be tested relationally, financially, physically, socially, mentally, emotionally. It won't be too long before when the church loses its tax exempt status and you start paying property taxes on the church and it won't be too long before you're not going to get a write-off for your giving and it's not going to be too long that just by knowing you're a Christian, you're not only not going to get the promotion. It's not just that. You're going to get demoted or fired and people are going to get quiet. They're going to just not say nothing. I just feel led to keep my faith to myself. I am not one of those that thinks you ought to go into work with a 16-pound King James Bible and swing it down the aisle as you walk to your desk. No. But if you think for a moment, in any environment, in any business, in any area, in any restaurant, if you think for one moment that I would be embarrassed of her or deny her, you've lost your mind. Same with my Jesus. I am his and he is mine. Link to... See, we've taught about the sonship, rightfully so. We've taught about uh, the adoption, rightfully so. Soldiers. Soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why many of us are not ready for what is to come? Because we quit every boot camp the Lord's put us in. It got a little tough and I'm, I'm like, that's enough. First time they kicked, some of my friends, my brother's been in military for years and years. He was a captain in the uh, Marines, and he's also been in the FBI. He said in the Marines, they would come and kick his bed when they started. Mama's little boy loves the rack. Pine, kick that bed and bring him out. And he said, you'd be up crack of dawn before dawn. You'd wake the rooster up on your way out. You know, hey, in about 30 minutes, wake these people up. Put that bag on your back and run, run till I tell you I'm tired. And they're in the Jeep riding beside him. And he told me, he said, there was something about that that I was so grateful for when I got into battle. I don't want to learn to run with my backpack when they're shooting at me. I don't want to learn endurance. I don't want to learn sleep deprivation. And see, the Lord's been trying to temper the church through difficult times. And we go to charismatic churches where we can get two or three people around us to get us out of it. And they used to be in the church, when someone would say, I'm just going through the worst time. Y'all pray for me. Some old saint would go, stay there. It's the making of you. God's doing something. God's putting a spine in you. He's giving you tenacity and he's, he's preparing you. So in the last days, you'll be an effective, faithful, victorious, influential, ground gaining soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ready to fight. This says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness and heavenly places. That word, wrestle, that word wrestle is not like WWE wrestling. It means hand-to-hand combat to the death. Like they gouge your eyes out. Bite ears off, fingers off. It's, 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 that's how we wrestle with demons. And here's what the church, I, I see it all the time. You preach that and they go, I don't do that. I know. That's why all of our extremities 
or chewed off. That's why our voice is so soft. That's why our presence has no intimidation because we're not the ones fighting. And the demon, the demon powers and the principalities take over our families and our, our wives become worldly and our husbands become mute and our children become hellish because no one will stand up and stand up for in faith and with the tools that God's gave them. Oh, there's nothing that thrills me more than to see it on a man's face. Not just the woman, the man's face. Is it? You come in my house and mess with my babies, physically or spiritually. Mama ain't going to take them to church. I take them to church. Mama comes with us. We pray. My wife, all during the day, teaches them to worship and stuff and teaches them to pray and instructs them in the Lord. But for us, it is a battle on the home front, at work, with our friends and family. There is a battle going on. So I say, no, there's not. Just because you're blind to it doesn't mean it's not happening. And our children going to hell by the hundreds because our parents are cowards. You can't pick my friends. Watch me. (laughs) This is my room. Take the hinge. I know a man took the hinges off the door, took the door away. Ain't no door. On my shift, now once you're grown and you're on your own, that's good and fine. But until that day, see if we took that concept and realized it's not just for our family we're supposed to fight, but for our friends and our coworkers, we're supposed to be the one person weaponized in the work to protect and preserve and to rescue. And for some, pulling them out of the fire, just yanking them out of the fire in battle, ready to fight. I heard the story one time. I thought it was really cool. A pastor friend I know, an older lady came to the front and he said, what can I pray for you about? She said, I don't need your prayers. I pray for myself. I want you to pray that I'd be strong enough not to quit praying. Dang. But I love that. I'm not needing you to fight for me, but I'm tired. And I want you to pray my strength in the Lord. Those of you guys that played sports and It's not that one was more important than the other, but you know the guy that wanted the ball? The guy that wanted it in his hands in the last minute? I don't know if it's good or bad, but I was always one of those guys. I was, I'd sink or swim. I wanted it all to fall on me. And it's hard to explain that to other people. I like driving. I don't trust you driving. I, I do get motion sick. I, I have since I was a little boy and, you know, charismatics tell me, oh, you just need to be more positive. I'm positive I get motion sick. <laughs> I throw up every time. But there's a other thing behind it too is that motion sick has covered for me. Because you don't pay attention. You drive looking at your phone and scratching and looking in your purse and itching and talking to people outside. Hey, driving, playing with a video thing up here. Send me to heaven early. I'm driving. <laughs> not only can no one do, not only can no one offer your praise, but I want to get my licks in. I want to be the one driving my spiritual life. I want to be ready. I want to be engaged. I want to be responsible. He said, you take unto yourself the whole armor of God. Preacher, I appreciate the encouragement and the environment, but I don't need you to dress me. I dress myself at home. Just encourage me in the Lord. Let there be a voice once a week that reminds me we're on the right side. We're on the winning side. We're on the only eternal side that's ever going to last. Remind me of these things. Thank you for those claps. That encourages me. Some of them stand and just stare at me. And I know you talk about me at Burger King. That's all right. Ready to resist, ready to overcome. When it says, and having done all to stand, what that means is when the smoke clears, you're still standing there. And having done everything, stand. Ready to overcome, stand. Ready because you're prepared. Prepare yourself for what is coming spiritually. I don't plan on being here, but I'm telling you this, I'm prepared either way. Centered in truth. Everything, the belt, you're naked without truth. It holds everything together. You need to know what the word of God says. You're not fuzzy on it and you're not backing away from it. Centered in truth. Jesus said, 
John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Well, you can't just be dogmatic about it. My life is at stake. You wear the belt you want to wear. I'll wear the belt I want to wear. Why, why, you know what? In the 80s and 90s, we were so afraid of offending anybody that we didn't. And they can jam down our throat 24 hours a day on television, media, and in the workplace, everything from immorality to bestiality and ram it down our throat. And, and if you just even mention any part of the Lord or truth, you offended me. I live offended. I offended you. Just turn on TV, pick a channel. I'm offended at that. Truth. Centered in righteousness. It has have the breastplate of righteousness, which means God imparted, not self-produced. I'm covered in righteousness. I'm not trying, see, I'm free to fight because I'm not trying to earn my salvation. I'm not trying to prove anything to the Lord. I'm not fighting to be accepted. I'm fighting for him because I'm accepted. Walking in peace. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Oh, baby, if your feet don't hurt, you can do amazing things. Peace with God and the peace of God. Those two things. Peace with God and the peace of God. These young people don't understand because they're not old like we are. And when I was young, I didn't understand, so I'm taking no shots at them. When you're young, you want excitement, no, you know, uh, popularity. To be accepted, you've got to be like everybody else. Same shoes, same clothes, same hairdo. You don't believe me? Look at your pictures 20 years from now. Trust me. Those of you my age and you wore them dolphin shorts, how could you wear them? Nylon, just barely covering everything up. Where was I? Hold on, hold on. Oh, Peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. When you get in your 20s and 30s and you're trying to recapture your youth, you want exciting things. I want to jump off a house. What is wrong with you? I want to ride on the roof of my car. I want to unbutton my shirt down to my navel and wear a gold cross and buy me yada. These aren't in my notes, so I don't know. It's just coming. It's just, I want to do something exciting. Let's go. Bungie, are, have you lost your mind? I just, I've lost some youth. I need to get it back. You're still the old guy jumping off the cliff. But when you cross over and you know you've crossed over and you're happy about it, when a nap excites you more than any place in the world. We're going to Stone Mountain. We're going to uh, Barbados. I'm going to take a nap. Really? And I'll go a step further. The older I got, God's listening to me. I've been cutting up. You can name any possession, any destination, any luxury, or offer me peace in my heart. I just want peace. I want peace in my home. That's why I don't invite crazy people to my house. I shake your hand in public. You ain't coming in this house. My wife knows this about me and creates an environment that when I walk in, there's no tension or no stress. It's just peace. And the Bible says to be a soldier, you got to have it right in here, vertical, and you got to have it right this way. And with that, you, if you're at peace, you'll be amazed at the strength you have. You can walk for miles and miles. Other people falling off the side of the road. Great day. My feet hurt because they're not covered in peace. Protected by faith. I'm not going to get to all my sermon, but that's okay. You'll get the parts you need. But I got a lot, a lot, a lot. Protected by faith. And have, uh, above all else, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So picture this. Anything the devil, anything... The devil or the world tries to attack you with anything, any arrow, your faith can extinguish it. I don't want this to be information. I want this to be revelation to you. What do you mean? Information was when you were 13 and she thought she was pretty 
or you thought she was pretty and you had puppy love and you just thought about her all the time. And when she kissed you the first time, you went from information to revelation. You follow me? So in this understanding that what I believe about God will extinguish every arrow. God doesn't love you. You're a liar. I am the apple of God's eye. The the fiery arrow sticks in the shield and is extinguished. God ain't watching over you. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. God hasn't heard you. The righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their trouble. If God was with you, all this wouldn't be going on. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. Your belief system about God protects you. And because we spend more time brushing our hair than we do reading the word of God, we have no shield. Shield. I don't want to, I don't want to be hollering for a shield when the enemy comes over the hill. Over the hill. Hey, 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 help me. I want to have a belief system in place. So I'm telling you, you need to be ready. Confident in your salvation. Wielding the sword of the spirit. Sustained by prayer and vocalizing the gospel. You're going to need to be ready. Number two, you're going to need to be divinely connected. Spirit born. We know that. No religion is going to last in the last day. This false religion is, is really not a religion at all. But for the Christian, you must be born again. You must have the witness in your heart that you are saved by grace through faith. Spirit baptized. I want everybody to look at me. Everybody. The most important thing for you in this last hour is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and to walk in the fullness thereof. The most important, well, I don't believe that. The most important thing for you is to be spirit baptized and to walk in the fullness thereof. Being spirit baptized includes gifts, but it's not about gifts. It's about answering the question, what are you filled with? How could being filled with God be wrong? If being filled with the devil Hollywood says creates a a person that can levitate and turn green and spin around and project vomit and pull down walls. What it means is the nature of the demon in them pulses out of them. Well, what does a spirit baptized Christian do? The might of God, the wisdom of God, the strength of God, the position of God, the person of God, the glory of God, the confidence of God. If I'm filled with him, then he can come out of me in the day of battle. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Jesus told them, uh, go and tarry in Jerusalem. Don't, Don't go off into the mission field until you be endued with power. And you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. In Pentecostal circles, which I was raised in, they had most of it right, but not all of it. They made the moment. So when you're, many people's experience, it seemed to me in church, if, if people got around you and they prayed loud and shook you and simonized you and you fell out, you know, and they say, oh, that's the power. It says after. Not when, it says after. You receive power after the Holy Spirit's come. That's what it says. I know I'm not saying every experience is wrong, but it's funny how if granddaddy does it, then mama does it, then we do it, then the other. I am spirit baptized. I talk in tongues. I believe in the gifts of the spirit. And I just want to tell you, outside of my salvation, it is the greatest experience and fruit producing thing because it had none of my effort in it. It was all the Lord. I remember sitting in my floor in my little one-bedroom apartment. Had my Bible, back when I could sit in the floor. I had my Bible open, and I'd been saved about three or four days. And it was a, his salvation for me was the most transformation. I wish you'd have known me before. And I remember telling the Lord, uh, I said, my brother and his family don't believe in this part. They don't believe that there's a separate experience available to the believer, but he's towed the line and lived moral all these years, you know, and I said, my mother believes that there's this. And I said, Lord, I don't know which one to believe. And I pointed to the scripture. I said, 
but I want this. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And I saw it. I said, I, w- I want this. When I'm saved, people, people say, well, I thought you received the Holy Spirit when you get saved. You do. The earnest of the Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit like you would seal an envelope. Okay, it's sealed. The Holy Spirit in you is the witness. It's the earnest. It's the promise of your redemption. You receive the Holy Spirit. That reception was for you. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's for them. One is for transformation and identity. One is for power. One is for... If, if, I'm, if Jesus is the baptizer and he takes me physically, you've seen demonstrations, and takes me into his presence and I come up soaking wet in the Lord's presence, it's not so that I can have a fit or a seizure or an experience. It's so that there'll be residue inward and outward of power and dunamis from where we get our word dynamite. You shall receive dunamis after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we're so afraid of being Pentecostal that we aren't. Oh, we're not. And I've seen the crazy like you. When we first get saved, we have such a repulsion for the 1980s and 90s Christian television stuff we saw that we throw away the very key to being powerful in the last day. And just because they're off doesn't mean it's not available. So I'm sitting in the floor in my little apartment. I said, God, God, I want that. And he baptized me by simple faith in the Holy Spirit. And gave me an ability to talk to him in tongues. It doesn't make me better than you. Listen, has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with you. It is the intimacy and the equipping so that I might be more effective and faithful. And I hope you take this in the right context. I, I say this in all humility. You do understand that I am at the very core insignificant. This is not false humility. I'm telling you the truth. I've never been to Bible college. I've never been to seminary. I have no formal training whatsoever. And this, in the grand scheme of things, this is not a large church. You know, churches are 3,000, 5,000, 15,000. We've planted six or seven churches. I ask you, how did it work? My grammar is horrible. My people skills are questionable. I love you deeply. I'm just got issues. <laughs> How have we had so many people come to know the Lord? How have there been so many people discipled? How have we sent out so many? Because it's not about this guy. This guy knew he didn't have anything and has tried to bring God's spirit to the table. That's how it works. How it works for you. You're trying to do in the flesh what God wants to do in the spirit. And how do you know it's the Holy Spirit? Because the Bible said he would, he would testify of Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't put on a show and point to himself. He doesn't point to the preacher. Here's how you know if people say they're having Pentecostal expressions. How do you know if it's genuine? It always points to Jesus. Always points to Jesus. If it don't, what is it? I don't know what it is, but I don't want it. You need to be spirit controlled. You're going, to, you're, you're going to need to be so divinely in tune in this last day that you'll be able to turn at the last second and stop something you were doing because God's going to keep you from things and God's going to maneuver. Several years ago, I remember when uh, I'd asked Kelly to stay home for a couple of years, uh, for a year at least, just to be my wife. I just wanted her to be at home. And, you know, about a year after that, she said, I might want to do more than that. Just be your wife. I think I want to go to work. And we were praying about uh, a job for her. And I was driving down Bass Road. And it was as clear as this. Turn. Just that. So I'm like, I just turned into Homewood Suites. And she had a friend of, a friend of ours that worked there. We didn't know that. But I just turned in. And, you know, it's just spirit-led. It's, I, I, God uses flashcards with me. I'm a simple guy. Turn. So why do you do that with John? He can't handle more than one or two words at a time. He just <laughs> turn. And he keep it on turn. Hey, I can turn. 
let's do it. So I turned in and I go to the counter and I'm thinking this is a God moment. And I walked up to the desk and I saw someone I knew and I talked to him and I said, hey, do y'all have any openings? Like, no. None at the front desk? Because Kelly talked about she's very personal. She'd like to do it. No. Then I, this shows how uh, your pastor needs prayers. You sure? <laughs> oh, come to think of it, you're right. You know, no, no realize, okay, I just, okay. So I got in the car, came home and I told Kelly and I looked at her and I said, baby, I was positive that was the Lord. And she's looking at me like, help him, Lord. You know, just <laughs> help him. I said, baby, I'm, I just thought it was, man. Because then, you know, if you start missing it, then you don't trust the next time. So I left them our name and number, you know, at the desk. And they called the next day and said, it's so funny you stopped by and gave us your money, uh, your number here uh, for Kelly. You're not your money. (laughs) Yeah, I paid for it. (laughs) I just got it. I'm like, why are they laughing, Lord? It's not You don't laugh when I tell the jokes and then you laugh when I'm. He said, it's so funny that you left your number. Someone at the front desk just quit. Can you come in? And she got the job. Now, it's never about the thing. Because if you can turn at the right minute, things will be opened up to you that no one else has anything about. Knows nothing about. Things can be blocked from you that no one else has any idea about. We need to be spirit controlled, spirit led, spirit empowered, spirit energized, spirit confident. Confident by God's spirit. If the Lord is in us, then all that he is is available to us in the right moment. If I'm immersed now, if I'm sealed, can I be any more sealed? No, saved is saved. Salvation is of the Lord. But to be spirit baptized is for power. To be empowered. When the spirit of the Lord fell upon different men in the Bible, they would pick their skirts up and run 30 miles in the strength of the Lord, outrunning chariots. How are we going to make it? John, have you ever had these thoughts? How am I going to endure? How am I going to hold out to the end? By God's spirit. By God's spirit sustains and energizes and quickens. So you're going to need to be ready. You're going to need to be divinely connected. No obstructions. What happens when your heart has blockages? You're weak. And, there, and, and where the vine connects to the branch, you can't have any blockages. A divine flow, watch, of God's life into you. You're going to need that. Number three, you're going to need to be willing I'll go through these next two very quickly, but they're very solemn. And what I want you to do is as they stand out to you, I want you to write them down and go home and sit before the Lord. This one I'm asking you to just, Father, what about this? Okay, you're gonna need to be willing. You're gonna need to be willing to stand for what is right, stand first, stand consistently, and stand alone. The lines are not only being drawn, they're drawn. They're drawn. And the people that stand in the middle aren't fit for either side. Stand. You don't have to be arrogant to stand. Stand. You need to be willing to be misunderstood, maligned, hated, and or persecuted. Do you remember when they gave the commandment to bow down to the statue set up in the Valley of Durham, King Nebuchadnezzar? And at the sound of the music, all the Israelites... All of them bowed. Don't you know they were people? Because if you didn't bow, you're going to be thrown alive into a burning, fiery furnace. Don't you know there were Israelites that says, well, I'm, I'm not really bowing. I'm just tying my shoes. The Lord knows my heart. I'm just... Don't you tell me there wasn't people trying to do both. Now, Lord, you know my heart. That's a scary thing to say, by the way. Lord, you know my heart. And I'm only kneeling because if something happens to me, who's going to take care of my babies? And dun 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 And out of all those hundreds of thousands of Jews, three teenage boys stood up. And in this last day, if you deny him, Scripture says he will deny you. Well, Brother John, he said if you deny him, he'll deny you. If you're embarrassed of him in this evil and adulterous generation, he'll be embarrassed of you. We got to be willing to be maligned, persecuted, 
talked about, slandered, be ready to be betrayed, abandoned, and hated for his namesake. You got to be willing to follow God wholeheartedly, unconditionally, wherever he leads and whatever the cost. You need to be willing to suffer for righteous and unrighteous reasons. If Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered, don't be surprised in this last day if the suffering finally reaches the West. You need to be willing to die daily, a thousand deaths, and be willing to die in a moment. You need to be willing to endure to the end. And you need to be willing to suffer the loss of many things and all things. If the Lord tarries, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to make you afraid. I'm telling you, you will suffer great loss as a believer. If the Lord tarries. Do you know the secret to the apostle Paul when he said, I count all things but loss, but for the excellency and the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dung that I might win Christ. Do you know how someone is able to suffer the loss of all things? Because before he suffered the loss of all things, he had already counted everything lost. And for me, that means my babies and my wife. Nothing else matters to me in this world possessions, home, car. Are you kidding me? You can have it. You can have it. But what if it comes to the persecution of my children and my wife? I'm being as honest with you as I know how to be. I would not be afraid if they put a pistol to my head. I have fought a long journey. And I know what my future is. Isn't it ironic to you that our faith expression began with a man that would not withhold his son from the Lord. And in the end, the prophecy is that they will get, not love their lives even unto death. If there is anything that you are not willing to lose... In the tribulation days that are coming, whatever part we're here for, the devil will make sure to use that against you. If it's finances, he, the Bible says, be careful, that don't be ignorant of his device's tactic. He knows what will tackle you. Losing my home ain't going to touch me. But I've got to make sure that I've not given them to the enemy, but to God. Whatever it costs, wherever I go, I want to know, Lord, that my life is hid in Christ with you. And my Abraham, my Isaac, is Izzy and Olive and Elisha. What are yours? If you count them all lost, you would then have the capacity in the last hour to not withhold anything from him. Ben, if you would come. I'm not saying these things to, to, to frighten or discourage you. Do you understand as a shepherd, if I see this coming and I don't tell you, I hate you. That means I don't care anything. Just keep my job secure, tell you what you want to hear. So I'm telling you this morning, okay? I believe the return of the Lord Jesus is imminent for his church. But I don't know what we're going to see before that. I do know what's coming upon the rest of the world. So I'm giving you a visual. Whether you ever come back or not, okay? I'm giving you a visual this morning. You're in your car, you're driving to next week. You're driving to the next week and the next week. I'm in the road telling you, the bridge is out. The bridge is out. Don't go that way. Well, who do you think you are? I'm the guy in the road telling you that the bridge is out. All, thing, all the wheels are about to fall off the bus in this world. It's going to be so dark, the Bible says, that unless the Lord shorten the days... Even the elect would be lost. It's, it's culminating. The one world religion. It's already in place to be tolerant of everybody and nothing be truth. The one world monetary system. Already, all you got to do is flip a switch. The one world government. This week, the Pope 
is addressing our Congress and the UN in the next week, two week period. He's addressing our Congress for the first time in the history of our nation. And I tell you these things because I love you. If I can't even pray with my kid at school, why would they allow a spiritual figure to address the leaders of the nations of the world? Because he's not of us. Because Christianity, (laughs) you're not going to say I can't even mention him. I can't even put a, a, a illuminated picture of him at Christmas in a manger, but I'm going to have the leader of Christianity address the nations of the world described as the Holy Father will be speaking to us and the most holy reverend. He's addressing them on the day of atonement. And people say atonement means forgiveness. No, it means judgment. The high priest would go in once a year into the Holy of Holies. And if God accepted the blood of that sacrifice, he would postpone judgment one year. One year. And I, I wasn't being theatrical then. I'm telling you what I truly believe is coming. And I could withhold this from you. And You know, I'd, better, I'd rather be wrong and protect you. Because I don't have no reputation, I'm telling you. I believe the last thing for us is this vote about Palestine coming. And if our president, who has been the only thing in the way, if he is quiet and gives the Israelites land back in this one period of time, we have now not only endorsed or allowed, but celebrated the homosexuality movement and we've turned our back on Israel. That's it for the United States. I'm it's it. How can you say that? Because he said, if you bless them, I'll bless you. And if you curse them. Well, the people aren't cussed. No, the, the one we elected is. And it falls from the head down. You've got to be ready for these things. Okay? Full of the spirit. Ready to fight. Ready to be, div- you have to be divinely connected and willing. Knowing these things are coming. And the last part, I trust this encourages you. You need to be convinced and determined about the direction you're traveling. I know where this road leads. You need to be convinced and determined about your destination. I know my destination by looking at the direction. You need to be convinced and determined about the Lord's coming to you. And you need to be convinced and determined that the things that God has spoken and promised will come to pass. Not just the troubling things, the good things, the promises. May I give you a couple before you go home? Y'all stand with me. The bridge is out, but there's more to this world than the bridge. And God is orchestrating. He's preparing us. He sends us words to get ready. Some of you, when you get ready to go to the beach, it don't matter to you that much. You pack the night before. I start two weeks ahead. Watch the parallel. Because what I need there, I don't need here. Ready to go home. Ready to, packed. Packed and ready to go. Here's the promises for you. With all this hell that's about to break loose. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him to deliver them. They're everywhere in this room everywhere assigned to you and to your family he that has begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ he is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end the author and the finisher of my faith God has a plan God is working the plan God's plan is on schedule and it cannot It will not fail. You have inside of you right now everything you need to overcome everything that's in the world. God said he would never leave you nor forsake you. 
and he would be with you always, even to the end of the age. In this world and in the weeks to come, you're going to have tribulation. If the Lord tarries, you will. But be of good cheer. God has overcome the whole world. (laughs) And finally, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. The Lord knows them that are his. It doesn't matter their opinion of us. It doesn't matter what they say. If you were to dig my daddy up today and took a piece of the decay and put it under a microscope, I swab my mouth and put it under one. You say, they're, they're the same person. They belong together. How do you know? Because written into Johnny's fabric is this man's blood. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin because the Father provides the blood. And you want to know who I am? Call me what you want to call me. Take a blood test. Take a spiritual blood test. The same blood that shed for me up, upstairs now covers me today. I am his and he is mine. He is mine. So, see my OCD won't let it stay unbuttoned. Uh, So in nothing, terrified by your adversaries. Be current. Watch what's going on. Eyes open. No fear about nothing. Pull out the sword of the Spirit. Defend the name of the Lord. Stand for your home and know this. When the king comes, it's over. And he'll devour the nations with the word of his mouth. Literally vaporize them. Blood will run bridle high to a horse for 200 miles. He said, all these nations and what they think, this is my house. I built this world and I can finish it. And he's coming back for us and he's coming back with us. Fear nothing. Get ready. Go get packed. Packed for battle. Packed in your mind of what you may experience. And get packed for home because we're going home. God, I bless you today. I thank you that you're in control of all things. I thank you that as this week unfolds geopolitically and nationally and in the UN and in our nation, I know that regardless of what they say or do, you're going to have the last say. You're the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I thank you for this moment for us to prepare our heart to get ready for anything and everything so that this day come upon us. No surprises. I pray that over this church. No surprises. Say, oh, I was planning for that. I was ready for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, we bless you, God. And all of God's people said, amen. Praise the Lord. Don't forget, meet the staff luncheon. If you can join us, it'll be about an hour upstairs in the grill. Beginning in just a few moments.